Welcome to Madison City Channel's Know Your Candidate interviews, co-sponsored by the League of Women Voters of Dane County. I'm your interviewer, Shell Gross, and I would like to introduce Matt Baer, running for Alder in District 20. As we begin, I'd like you to give an opening statement about the educational, vocational, and civic experience you have, which qualifies you for this office and why you are running for Alder. Great, thank you, and thanks for having me, Shell. So my name is Matt Fair, and um, uh, obviously I live in, in District 20 over in the Green Tree neighborhood. Um, I currently serve on the City Council. I was appointed in June um, to fill out a term for the former alder who had to resign due to his family moving out of the district. And I also have experience on the council as I was uh, elected four times from 2011 to 2019. Um, as far as a little background about me, uh, I'm a teacher, I've been a public school teacher for, for several years, about 15 years now, um, currently uh, teaching high school social studies at Middleton High School. Um, as I said, I live on the southwest side in the Green Tree neighborhood and have since 2008 with my, my wife, Connie, and our three kids, um, two of which are at Memorial High School and one at Toki Middle School. Um, serving is sort of in my blood. Um, I have many family members. Um, who have served in various capacities. Um, both my parents are just uh, ending their elected official uh, uh, career, I guess, if you will, on local school boards and city councils and small towns uh, up in central Wisconsin. So um, that's part of, been a kind of a part of uh, who I am. So, um, and that probably leads me to uh, why I want to run or I am running for council and would like to serve uh, some more. So I, I was appointed, as I said, um, back on the council in June. And I'm, I'm, I wasn't sure if I was gonna run, but I've decided obviously to do that. And uh, for a few reasons, first of all, I, I do like the work, um, despite maybe popular opinion, um, it's, it's good work, it's fulfilling. Um, I think there's a lot of challenges that the city faces. And I think that I bring a combination of experience and uh, proven results, as well as, well as sort of a calm demeanor and leadership style that I think the council um, is in need of right now. We've had a lot of turnover on the council in the last several years, several election cycles, and then um, almost an unprecedented level of people resigning midterm, which, you know, happens or everybody has their individual reasons for it. I, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I think um, while fresh phrases and fresh ideas are good, we always need that. I think right now, um, uh, somebody with a level of experience, and as I said, um, proven leadership with getting things done uh, is is needed. So, um, I, I, I'm running because I think I, I have those that combination of things. I think we have a lot of challenges in front of us. Um, some that are, are as old as, as the day is long, as people say, you know, affordable housing and making sure our community is safe, um, making sure we're developing our transportation system continually and, and make it better and better. And then we have some, some newer challenges, but these we see often, and that's budget challenges, of course, um, that are, are um, going to be very difficult in the next few years. And I think, again, um, my understanding of the process, uh, my ability to work with people and make tough decisions and, and, and balance the, the priorities for the city, as well as just the needs that we expect and the basic services that we expect. I think we're going to need people to, to be there who have that experience. So for all those reasons and more, um, I'm running for, for city council again. Thank you. What actions or programs would you support to enhance public safety in Madison? And in particular, what is your position on the use of body cameras by Madison police officers? Sure. Um, I can start with the, the body cameras uh, quickly. Um, 
I think I, I do support the, the use of body cameras um, to be very transparent. I've uh, I've been kind of back and forth over time. I think I voted against them at some point. I can't remember the year at this point, but um, as I've thought about it more and heard from people more um, and certainly listened to uh, our police department. But I think the, the majority of our, our community members too support the idea of, of police worn body cameras. So I think it's time that we move forward on that. And um, work with our police department, give them that tool. And I think it's actually a tool for the public as well for uh, accountability purposes. So I, I am in support of us moving forward in that. Um, as far as community safety or public safety more generally, um, that's been an issue that's been at the top of my list and my um, the work that I've done on the council for as long as I've been on the council. Um, I have tried to push and I think somewhat successfully push the city to think about um, crime and safety and, and violence in a more holistic way. Um, we, we always need to support our police department. Uh, I think we have a good police department. They are partners in our community effort to try to make our community safer. And I think they see that role as such. Um, so that means they're only a partner. And so we need other partners and we need other work. So, I mean, I have a history of working with um, Alders, former Alder uh, Mo Cheeks and others to put together a 15 point plan to reduce violence uh, in the city and with members of the community like Michael Johnson and others. And some of that work um, has actually come to fruition. So we have a focus interruption um, program in place. Uh, we've doubled or tripled our spending on youth employment, which that report called out. Um, we have, and then really what that, that whole report was about was thinking about, like I said earlier, um, violence prevention from a bigger lens. And so now we have um, institutionalized public health as basically having a unit that is a violence prevention unit. And so, how do you know? So we're we're well on our way to uh, establishing a more broader way to think about and get at um, violence prevention and intervention. So I think that's healthy. I think we have a long way to go there. Um, there's a lot of more things we need to do, um, including, you know, funding, of course, and uh, partnership building and coalition building. But we're on our way, and I'm I'm proud of that um, because I think I, I was a major part of that that effort. Thank you. What do you see as the most important environmental issues the city needs to address? And what will be your priorities for council action on these? Mm -hmm. Well, I think, and uh, we just uh, you know, debated this the other night, I think our transportation, uh, reforming our transportation system, um, we just need to continue to push and work on, uh, work on that. So, you know, um, Continue, you know, making sure that BRT becomes a reality and it is moving in that way, of course, but we can, we'll be, we'll be expanding it. Um, so we're evaluating that and making sure that, um, you know, we're doing all we can to increase ridership so that we can release, re, uh, reduce our, our users, uh, our, our residents um, reliance on automobiles, of course. Um, I think we can do some things around, um, uh, energy benchmarking. Um, and there's an effort going on right now to do that. Um, the question is whether to do it in a voluntary or man mandatory way. I think um, if we're working in spirit of cooperation with the business community, um, we can figure out something where we're making sure that um, large buildings in our community, which we know um, is a big portion of carbon dioxide emission into the into the atmosphere, um, are doing a good job uh, to make sure that their buildings are efficient. So those are things from the city perspective that uh, I think we can um, do well and then of course we can continue to do as best we can to infill uh within the city so to develop 
uh, the city in spots that we know that are, are places for, for development. So we're relieving the pressure on the development around the periphery of the city, which of course then keeps our farmlands and our marshes and our wetlands and stuff pristine. Difficult challenge, um, development pressures there, but um, those are just some of the ideas that come to mind at this point. What is your position on increasing the pay for alders? So I have been on record that the, the, the council needs to uh, move towards um, professionalization, I guess. Um, and there's a lot of room, wiggle room within that. There's a lot of debate, of course, amongst members of the council and in the community. Um, I did support efforts in this budget cycle to increase the pay of alders. Um, I know from experience that um, this job requires a lot of time, both like actual time and a lot of mental, <laughs> I don't know, for lack of a better term, stress. I mean, it's on your mind. You're kind of on all the time in some ways. And so I think we have a hard time uh, attracting people to do this job uh, and do it well um, if they're also having to work full time. I mean, which, which of course, most people who don't have flexible uh, jobs or just income at their disposal um, would have to have a full-time job because thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars, you know, just doesn't cut it. Um, so, I think we need to continue to think about that from a from a big picture. Um, whether it's raising our pay, whether it's cutting the number of alders, um, whether it's fully professionalizing, whether it's um, uh, increasing our engagement um, capabilities as a council as a whole. Um, strengthening our staff as far as like from a structured pers perspective. There's a lot of good work done by the uh, 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 ad hoc committee a few years ago. I think we need to go back and read those recommendations and get serious about, you know, um, making this council stronger from an institutional perspective. What, if anything, do you think the city should be doing to support economic development? Uh, well, I think there's several things, a lot of things, and I think we do a lot of things. You know, I think transportation is one of those. So, uh, you know, the more easily people can get around the city um, and, and have access to employment, um, obviously that that's good for economics, generally speaking. I think we do a pretty good job, it could do a better job of just partnering with the business community and working together on things. Um, um, you know, private public partnerships are good. What's good for city government a lot of times is good for the business community and vice versa. Now, we will always have our, our different goals in mind because we are, you know, um, set up in a different with different priorities, but we do share a lot of priorities. So I just think creating that those levels of trust um, are important. Um, I think we can do more to help our small businesses, especially um, downtown to show that we really do care about them and, and, and we, we want them to flourish. Uh, downtown is the identity of Madison um, from an outside perspective, for sure. Um, so we need to make sure that our downtown is strong. Um, there's all kinds of other, other, other things I know I'm running out of time on this one, but um, yeah. So there's, all, there's, there's lots of things that we can do to, to strengthen. I think, I think a safe community, you know, I think a community of students um, if we're working together with the, the school district, a community of students who are thriving and who can read at grade level and uh, who are, uh, are welcome here to, in the city and who see themselves as being a part of the city after they graduate only strengthens our economy as well. So there, it's, a, it's a big question with a lot of answers to it, I think. Thank you. How do you see racial disparities impacting constituents in your district? And are there any uh, actions the city should take to address these? 
So, um, so the district that I current, that District 20 has changed since the last time um, I represented it. Um, but we still, there's definitely inequity. So when I'm out knocking on doors, um, I'm knocking at apartments of, you know, I, and I don't know what their rents are, but, but they would be on the lower side uh, of things, all the way up to rent, uh, knocking on doors of million dollar homes. Um, and, 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 uh, and in, in a couple instances, literally those two uh, uh, ends of the spectrum geographically are very, very close to each other. And, and that's sort of the story of Madison. We have these small pockets of neighborhoods um, where people um, are living, you know, near or underneath the poverty line. Um, so we need to just, as we've done, I think we just can, a lot of times um, the things we have in place are actually the answers. We just need to make sure we're doing them and doing them well. So we need to, you know, um, intensely invest into these neighborhoods and to make make sure that the resources are there. Um, you know, and I've had a history, I guess, of, of, of doing work like this. So making sure the services are in place, um, whether those are good accessible libraries, good accessible um, neighborhood centers with programming um, that is generational. So that um, meets the needs of not only our young people, but also uh, adults looking for employment and stuff like that. So it's, it's just intentional focus on people uh, who need services and, and need a little bit of a, just a little bit of a, a, a leg up so they can take over and take control and, and reach the opportunities they want to reach. What are the most critical issues that you see facing the people in your district and what would you propose to address those? Mm -hmm. um, so when I'm out talking to folks, um, I hear a few things that I think are, are bubbling to the surface. Um, safety, uh, the sense of safety, the sense of, you know, living in neighborhoods that, um, maybe sometimes are perceived or real that aren't as safe as they would like. Um, so I think, again, we have a lot of things that we are, are working on and, and are in place. We just need to double down and make sure that we are we're focused on those sorts of things. So, um, you know, people aren't going to commit crimes um, if life is good for them, by and large, right? There's exceptions. So if they have access to employment, if they have a school system that they feel like is meeting their needs, if they have... Um, you know, uh, quality and affordable housing. So it's, I mean, they're the answers that have been given to these questions forever, but they're really just, they're just what, what it is. And so we just have to make sure that we are, are working hard and being laser focused on those quality of life issues, because that takes care of some of the, the, the crime um, and maybe sense of un people feeling unsafe. I also hear from folks about um, the level of taxes, quite frankly. Um, and so we just have to be very uh, conscious that we have in my district, I know I have um, a, a high population of senior citizens who are living, uh, as they would tell me, on fixed incomes, um, relying on their social security check and whatever pension or something they might have. And so that's, you know, taxes are a big strain. And so they are making these decisions of how long can they stay in their house and in their neighborhoods. So we just have to be, um, we have to recognize that as we're making decisions as a city. Thank you. What would you like to say to the viewing audience as we complete this interview? Um, well, I guess I would just say, you know, uh, as I thought about running again, um, one of the guiding questions I have as I think about, you know, serve, why I serve and why, what our whole point of doing this work is. And for me, one of the things that keeps coming to my mind is like, what, what do we, what kind of city are we going to have for our students that are in school right now? 
for our kids that are in middle school, high school, elementary school. Um, and I mean, for all of our kids, do, are they going to see a, a city that they um, feel welcome in, that they not only can live in, but that they can thrive in? So are our kids of color, do they see a city that um, where they can, you know, they can be mayor, they can be council person, they can lead businesses, they can lead nonprofits. Um, do, and is it an affordable city? Is it a place that they can live and, uh, you know, survive in? Because um, we have a lot of talented, um, changing uh, young people who are vibrant, dynamic, and uh, caring and, and inclusive. And those are our future leaders, and I want them to stay here, or at least if they choose. I mean, some people, of course, will move, and that, that's their choice. But if they want to stay in Madison, they feel like this is the place for them. So that's sort of that's that's how I think about things. That's how I think about policy and like what our purpose is on the council. Um, we have immediate needs, of course, too, that we have to deal with. But we need to always be keeping our eye on the future and an eye on those young people because it's a cliche, but it's true. They're our future leaders, and um, we want them to be here. So our city continues to be one of the best cities and most equitable cities in the country. I want to thank Matt for speaking with us and the viewing audience for taking the time to know your candidates. I want to remind everyone that the primary election is on Tuesday, February 21st, and the general election is Tuesday, April 4th. As with every election, please vote. On behalf of Madison City Channel and the League of Women Voters of Dane County, thank you for joining us.